All right, you guys, it's Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares, and we are back from our commercial break. Want to give a huge shout out to our second set of sponsors, which is Five Marketing. Mike, he's absolutely amazing and will help you with all of your um, website needs. And then keep it Sarah simple. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting her, I think, last week. She's pretty cool. She's so no, she's kind. She's really cool. She's a super wonderful sweet. gal. And so if you guys have any dietary questions, needs, concerns, she's definitely your gal. And that's keep it Sarah simple. All right, so let's dive in. So we were talking about marketing to children. Yes. This entire chapter is called Marketing to Children and Other Scandals. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, and again, the author of this book, his name is, her name is Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and I do want to give her a little shout-out for her credentials. She has a Ph.D. in Communication Pathology. Okay, that's impressive. Right. She also has a Ph.D. in neuroscience. Okay, way to show us up. I know, right? <laughs> so it's the science of the brain. Yeah. Right? That's impressive. And she has a master degree in nutrition. Okay. So she's really well educated. Very well educated all the way around. Yeah. So she understands how the brain works and food. Now she's going to tell you about how food and the brain are connected. Okay. I so like it's, it. It's an amazing book with just her knowledge of food and the brain. Yeah. Right? Okay. So in this particular chapter, uh, she mentions uh, an organization is called Monell Chemical Senses Center, and they perform, and this is kind of scary the way this is phrased, but it says they perform experiments on young children. Okay. Just that phraseology right. is scary. A little bit. I agree. <laughs> so they perform experiments on young children, feeding them various sugar sugary foods to calculate their bliss point. Okay. The level at which their desire for sugar is at its climax. Mm-hmm. This da- data is subsequently used to formulate products that can be marketed throughout the globe. Yeah. So from a marketing standpoint, how much sugar can we put in a product before kids will go, that's more than I want? Right. So they're literally testing little children... To say, how much sugar can we push in your body Holy before you go, that's more than I want? Yeah. That's that climax they're talking about. Will a kid ever stop with the sugar, though, in all honesty? Well, the problem with sugar is that you reach a climax, and then your body gets used to it, so there's a new climax, a new climax, Right, climax. that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they'll get, I mean, they're children with yeah. sugar. They'll keep going. It's delicious to them. But what shocked me when I read that is, you know, that sounds like sinister stuff you see in movies. Yeah, you're like using we're, our children we're as We're experimenting guinea on pigs. young, we're using our children as guinea pigs. That's exactly what we're doing. Or Without what, our consent. What, what they're doing. Well, I what guess it's our consent. We buy it. Well, and what happens with these places is they come to you and they say, we're, we're conducting this study, and we need some kids in the study, and we'll pay you $100 or t- whatever. Okay. So you get paid for your kid to be in the study. Jeez. That's wrong. And there's a plenty of people that just need some money. Right. And so they're, so oh, they, it's just sugar. Yeah. Sure. No problem. But it's yeah. like... It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. So from this, they spend an estimated $1.8 billion. Whoa. That's a lot of money. $1.8 billion annually on marketing to that age group. That's insane. So if you're going to put that much of your marketing money to that age group, you want to know what's the right, right. formula. You want to 
figure out exactly what to target yeah. perfectly. So I like the way she phrases this last sentence. Okay. With the obesity rates among children increasing exponentially alongside diet-related illnesses such as type 2 diabetes and heart disease, the promotion of these unhealthy food products for the sake of corporate profit is deplorable. Mm-hmm. Deplorable is the word she used. What's deplorable? Horrible. Horrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it, it means that you know that there's a bad outcome and you're still and doing you're it. Still, just you're still moving forward regardless. And and again, I mean, I think that especially on KSLM, these list we're capitalists. Yeah. I have no problem with selling a product for a product. Right. Product profit. for a profit. But at what cost? Yeah. And so I have a book at home that I love to read. It's called Compassionate Capitalism. Okay. And I think that's what we need to be. We need to be compassionate capitalists. Yeah, not taking advantage and destroying our children in the meantime, in, yeah. in the process of it. They know, she says, obesity rates among children is increasing exponentially alongside type 2 diabetes and heart disease. Yeah. So we know those are going up, mm-hmm. and yet we continue to market to kids sugar that makes that number go higher. Yeah. I. So I can't quote or say for sure, but I, I had read a study and, and I was in a class that had talked about it a lot, how sugar is comparable to cocaine with children in particular, um, how it gives them that high and then they crave it and they, they just, they continue to want it bad, like a drug. We had a chance. It was uh, September of 2019, so it was that very first year. Um, I had a friend of mine who has like five master's degrees, and one of them is chemistry. And I looked at him, and I said, I would like for you to be a speaker at one of our seminars. And I'd like you to tell – and we did this at the Diabetes Support Center here in Salem. Okay. I said, I want you to tell people why they feel that pull to sugar. Mm -hmm. It was an amazing presentation, but there was a study done in England – where they took mice and they gave them free access to sugar water. And there's a there's a sensor at the front of your brain. It's your pleasure sensor. And they took a reading of these mice's brains. And the pleasure center was heightened. It was really, really red because of the sugar. The mice with free access, they had a 40% weight gain in 30ty days. Whoa. Now, for me, that's 40%. like – I gained 80 pounds yeah. in 30 – for me, that would right. be 80 pounds in 30 days. Holy smokes. Then they made it harder for the mice to get to the sugar. They put a little wire. They electrocuted the wire. They made it, made it dangerous to get the sugar. Knowing that they would get hurt, the mice still felt that pull of the sugar. Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, there was a study being done in France with mice and cocaine. Right. Maybe this is Exact what— Exact same results. Mm-hmm. Pleasure centers heightened. And so at a molecular level, if you break down everything, there's like— Little molecules at a molecular level, sugar and cocaine are almost the same. That's and that's that's <laughs> there's that's a reason, something. there's a reason you feel that pull to sugar, right? Absolutely, where and you it, crave it. Yeah, I deal with that. I literally, there's days where it's just like, I need chocolate right now. <laughs> well, and it's funny you say that because right after we did that seminar, um, I like donuts, that's kind of my, my, my advice. And if I go in in the morning, I can buy one donut and walk out the door. But if you go in later in the day, they're trying to get rid of their donuts. So they're cheaper. Not only they're cheaper, they put like 12 of them in a box and you have to buy all 12. Oh, okay. You can't okay. buy one. They want to get rid of them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I stopped at a store near my house and I bought the box and I get home. Shame on you. I know, shame on me. And, <laughs> and I knew better. That's shame, the worst. I knew, shame. I knew better too. <laughs> but I sat down, I ate a donut. 
And I was watching TV. My wife wasn't home from work yet. And so I got up and I had a second donut. Mm-hmm. And then I literally felt that pull. I thought, why am I, get, why am I getting out of this chair? Why am I going to get that donut? But I went out a third donut. And she walks in the door and she grabbed the box. She threw it in the trash. Good for her. I said, what are you doing? She says, if I don't, stop, if I don't do it, you're going to eat them all. <laughs> and I, I, could, I literally felt that pull to get up and take that third donut. Mm-hmm. Like I'd had two. I was fine. Right. Yeah. Like absolutely. why do I need a third one? Yeah. It's a really weird feeling. It is. So I was actually just telling my husband the other day because I like these. I can't remember what they're called, but they're those little circle candies that have like the almond or something in them. They're like something with an F or an R. And they're freaking amazing and they're in a gold little wrapper and oh yeah uh, yeah you know what i'm talking, I know about? What I'm talking about yeah so they're like at safeway for example for like three of them it's like six dollars mm, and it's a really good chocolate they're too. really good and it's like i don't have it in me to pay that amount of money for three pieces of chocolate right you go to costco they, and they have but the you big, have to get the big box of them yeah and they have the big case of them and it's like 30 of them for 11.99 so it's really cheap so i've gone that route before but then i eat all of them really really fast so yesterday my husband's like well, why don't you just get your favorite candy from Costco? That way you have them. And it's like, no, if I get those, then I literally will go through them very, like, I cannot. That's, mm-hmm. sab- I'll, that's self-sabotage. Yep. So I've, it, I'm, I mean, I'm not super strong, but I've said no the last few times at Costco to well, those. The one thing that I am proud that we've been able to do with Kicking Cancers in the three and a half, almost four years we've been around is we have people like Rhonda who have been listening mm-hmm. and they're making changes, incremental changes yeah. in their life. And, you know, I, I always say save yourself and then every save yourself, then each one teach one. Mm-hmm. Yes. So if, if I do better and I go and I say, hey, Amanda, you know, you and your husband do better. Well, then each one teach one. Mm-hmm. We're going to make a difference. Yeah. And we're seeing people like Rhonda who are way better off than she was when I met her mm-hmm. back then. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I feel like since you've I've <laughs> since you and I have met my diet and my perspective of food and my health and self-care has completely changed. Not only that, but I've learned so it's all these shocking so facts. much. <laughs> and um that helps me. It, it helps navigate me through my diet and what's better, what's best, what I shouldn't or should do. I still have those shame on you moments. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting better. And, that's- well, and, I, and I think it's a daily thing because, mm-hmm. you know, by the time you're 25, 30, 35 years old, you have habits in place mm-hmm. and you got to yeah. break those habits. Absolutely. Right? Habits are hard to break. They are, but it's a daily fight. And it's and it's in the fact that it's a fight means that it's I'm trying yeah. and I'm in it and I'm, I'm in it to win it, whether I'm slow and steady or fast and quick. Yeah. Well, and for me, you know, it's it's like Brenda says, Either I'm feeding my cancer or I'm feeding my body. Yes. For me, I know what happens when depression kicks in. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeding my depression. Yeah. I'm feeding my body. And I have to choose my heart, choose what's harder to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all these little sayings that she's kind of said, I keep reminding myself of. Yeah. It, and you got you have to. You're human. So yeah. it's not like it's just simple and easy and yeah. all dandy. It's you You constantly remind yourself and, and the why and the how. and. Yep. So here's the last little thought from this book, and then we can get on to our new story. Okay. Um, It it references a person here whose popular saying is, quote, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Mm -hmm. Eat real food is the word I would add there. Right. Eat real food, 
Not too much, mostly plants. Just as your mother and grandmother would have told you in the past. Unfortunately, real foods are increasingly hard to come by for many of us and impossible for millions at the lower runs of the economic scale. Mm-hmm. While these techno foods... So what's a techno food? Remember Brenda said that they were edible, um, artificial edibles? or Oh, okay, yeah. So techno foods is we've taken a food and we've technologically made it into a right. food. Right, yes. These techno foods befuddle us with their many health claims and odd-sounding ingredients. Mm-hmm. And again, if you look at the label if, and yeah. you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. Yes, it's <laughs> These not odd worth it. sounding ingredients. <laughs> so I just like the way she says that. And at the lower rungs economically. Mm-hmm. So if you think about the people in America who don't have the ability economically to buy better food, they buy what they can. Mm-hmm. And what they can isn't always good. Right. One of the favorite sayings that we did at one of our seminars is the question shouldn't be, why is healthy food so expensive? The question should really be, how do they actually make a dollar hamburger? Y- y- yes. And what, because I know they got to pay rent, they got to mm-hmm. pay lighting and heating and, and employees. Yeah. And they got to buy the ingredients. So what's in that hamburger to make it a dollar? It's terrifying if you actually think about it. It Literally going to fast food at this point is cheaper than going to your grocery store and cooking your food. And that's scary. That's crazy. I that that make so that's that's why I'm not a big fan of the fast food because it's like that is disgusting food. That's not food. No, it's not food. It's not even food. Before we jump off this, I'll see if I can find this quote in the book. Um, I can paraphrase it, but I was going to try to find the actual thing she says. She references the fact that uh, there are certain places in the United States, uh, and I'm not coming across it quickly, but uh, there's certain places in the United States where Soda is less expensive than water. Really? And so if I'm thirsty... Soda would be your go-to. Yeah. So the one that comes to mind the quickest is if you go to, say, Winco, for example, they went from a, a, a 60-ounce bottle to a 20-ounce bottle. Mm-hmm. Now we... And then a, and a liter. Right. Or a two-liter. I'm sorry, two-liter. But a two-liter is like a party size. Right. You can now get a one-liter, one-liter... Oh, Wow size and they put it by the register and so like okay i can drink a one liter there's over 34 teaspoons of sugar in a one liter Jeez. and it's 99 cents 99 cents literally cheaper than water yeah so the the one liter of coke is less expensive than water it's like how how well, that's a whole different marketing <laughs> discussion. But it's it's it, again, it's deplorable yeah. what we're doing, what they're what they're doing to us. Right, and we have to stop letting them do it. Absolutely, I agree. So, you ready for a fun story? Yes. This yes. is this is really an amazing story. Okay. We go back to when um, Rhonda threw that first pitch out. Mm-hmm. So I reached out to the board back then, and I said. Do any of you know survivors that want to throw the first pitch out? Yeah. And one of the guys that was on the board, he says, I do. I know this young, young man. His name's Nolan DeHart. Now, some people in the community know his dad, Brett DeHart. Um, Brent is, works out at the airport. He has the aviation fueling company out there. Uh, but Nolan's his son. Oh, okay. Okay. 
I had never met Nolan. In fact, I met Nolan the first time the day he threw out the first pitch. Oh, really? <laughs> because I, I emailed Nolan. I said, I need a little clip about who you are so they can announce you. Right. Right? Um, so he emailed me a little tiny clip of who he was. And he shows up. He's 27 years old. Um, very, very skinny young man. And he gets to the pitcher's bound. And he had been, he, had, he was so excited for the pitcher's mound. He practiced on a pitcher's mound. Oh, how fun. Except See, those that, are really, that's really special. Yeah. But but this is an actual game. So they won't want you to throw it from the, so they put you in front of the pitcher's mound. Right. So he actually threw it over the, <laughs> over the catcher's head. An overachiever. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. But his cancer story um, hits home because it's September now. Mm-hmm. And he had childhood cancer. Okay. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. He also had blood cancer, and September's blood cancer month. So, the listeners can't see it, but I'm wearing orange today. Okay. Orange is blood cancer. Okay. So, um, Nolan was two and a half years old when this little journey started for him. That's pretty young. Pretty young. And especially for blood cancer, I feel like your blood hits being that little. Unfortunately, and we can talk more about the statistics. I'll shock you next week with the statistics. But, okay. Uh, blood cancer and brain cancer are the two that hit kids the most, and it does tend to happen early in life. Yeah. So he's two and a half. He said, um, I was told that I started limping off and on uh, in October 1995. In November, my limping got worse, and I refused to walk, kept asking my mom to hold me. So at two and a half, three years old, the, basically, his body is saying the blood. There's not enough blood in his legs, right? And he's limping. Um, so they they took him in, <clears throat> and he had a version of leukemia. I'm not going to try to pronounce the version he had, but he went up to Dornbecker's, and for the next three years, between Whoa. ages three and six, he was at Dornbecker's. Wow, going through chemotherapy. Yeah, because as we've talked about, there's there's basically three ways to get cancer out that Western medicine uses. You mm-hmm. can cut it out, like a tumor you can cut out. Mm-hmm. You can't exactly cut the blood cancer no. out. You can burn it out with radiation, and that's a very common practice, like with prostate cancer, for example. Yeah. You can't exactly burn it out. Right. So the third choice is you have to poison it out. So that was probably his only choice. That was his only choice. Okay. So between three and six, he's going through chemotherapy. Um, and there's a a lot more story to that than we have time, but bottom line is he they thought he had beat it by the time he was six years old. Okay. Now, one of the cool parts of the story, and I'll swing back to it later, but when you're at Dornbecker's, when you come out of chemo, they have this big, huge toy box that kids can go to. It's kind of like can make, make them feel good, right? You just, you're four years old and you're going through chemotherapy. Yeah. So he would always gravitate to the Batman toy. <laughs> That's going to play in a story here in a minute. Okay. okay. So by age six, they thought they had a beat. Mm-hmm. He lives out in South Salem near, near Sprague High School. And, and so at 12, he is in middle school. He's doing his little self-check like he's supposed to. For whatever reason, blood cancer likes to hide in the testicles. Okay. And so they knew something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So they go back in at 12, and they said, this isn't a new cancer. This is the exact same blood cancer really? from six years ago. So it just hit out for it that whole time? It hit out for six years. Whoa. <laughs> in his testicles. That's really uh, intelligent of it. Wouldn't 
right? Isn't C- that is Cancer is really kind of a bizarre creature. I to mean, hide like that. It hides, that. yeah. And again, I'm not an oncologist, so right. I can't tell you all the reasons for it. But yeah, it is pretty amazing that it would hide. Right. But what they said is because it's the same cancer, because we didn't kill it before, we have to get more aggressive. Dang it. Yeah. Okay. So your your red blood cells what carry oxygen to your brain, mm-hmm. and if you ever look at your blood test, uh, they're going to give you a number. Ideally, you should be between like eight and twelve. If you get below eight, they get worried. If you get below seven, they get really worried. If you get below six, you could actually die. Right. They had to give Nolan enough chemotherapy to drop his blood cell count to two. Oh my gosh. Two. Holy smokes. And which means which means there's no oxygen going to his brain. Right, right. Which can cause you brain damage and all kinds of things. Yeah. In fact, I remember talking to his mom, and I asked her, you know, what it was like. She says, they had to almost kill my son to kill the cancer. Yeah. And I said, what was it like being the parent of a kid? She said, it was hell. It was absolutely hell. It had he, to have been to So he went through that between that. ages 12 and 15. Wow. So and I know how another I, three I, years. So by age fifteen, he had spent one third of his life in Dornbecker's in chemotherapy. Yeah, and I know your age, your son. So at fifteen years old, he's going through chemotherapy. Yeah, again, right? I could only imagine. I met him when he was twenty-seven. Okay. So he did beat it. Oh, I was just gonna say twenty-seven. <laughs> he's, he's he's well. I guess he's twenty-nine, almost thirty now. But when I met him, he was twenty-seven years right. old. The problem is he's part of an adult. Um, study. They're doing an adult study on the effects of chemotherapy on children who survive cancer. Okay. He has a skeletal system of a 70-year-old man. Really? He has cr- he is chronically in pain. Because of the chemotherapy. It probably well, yeah, because at the age that his bones and muscles are growing, they're blasting with chemotherapy. Yeah. And there's a thing they call brain fog, which the chemo just kind of messes with your brain cells. And so he'll just kind of be talking to you and just kind of phase out because he has brain fog. Right. Right. The good news is he's beat it. That's amazing. That's absolutely phenomenal. And he's 27 years old today. Yeah. Well, he's, so awesome. he's probably almost 30 now because in 2019, oh, yes. he was 27. Okay. So the fun thing is, is that after me and him, I thought, you know, we need to do something for him. Yeah. So our GO team that year was GO Team Nolan. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> during December, I just contacted some restaurants and like Northern Lights. And I said, you're out doing your Christmas shopping anyway. Just stop by this place and eat and they're going to donate some money back. And we called it Nights Out for Nolan. I love that. And and we and it, it literally costs you nothing because you go to the movie or you right. go, you know whatever you're going to do during this Christmas season, and then each of those restaurants made a donation back. That's amazing. We have a volunteer who makes a quilt for each of our go teams. Okay. And I always call the volunteer and I say, well, this is the colors you want to use because it's the cancer. Well, on the back of the quilt, she put a lot of Batman stuff. Oh. On the back of the quilt. Yeah, because he just was gravitated towards the Batman stuff. Yeah. So I was at the Salem Greeters, which I think you've been to that. And oh, yeah. as you go around the room, it's like everybody's supposed to t- say what your tagline is, right? Right. And so my tagline is, we're kicking cancer in the donkey. Right. Because I don't use the A word. Right. Well, you say we're kicking cancer in the, and then we all yell, donkey. donkey. Right. <laughs> so it goes all the way around the room, and it gets to his dad. And his dad's with the Salem Aviation. Mm -hmm. So his dad says, well, I'm not as polite as Baron. My son kicked cancer in the ass. (laughs) Twice. Twice. (laughs) Not once, twice. So when um, when it was all said and done, we had a pretty nice check to give to him. 
and we met him at a volcano stadium, which is where I met him initially. Yeah. And uh, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a guest who's going to bring you that check. And so they went up in the stands, and I went underneath the bleachers, and I dressed up like Batman. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and I came back out as Batman. Yeah. And I said, he says, I have not seen you in so long. <laughs> And we gave him a check. How special. Well, what was amazing about this young man is, I mean, it was a good-sized check. Yeah. He gave all of it back to Dornbeckers. Oh, wow. That's Buy really more cool. toys for more kids. Yes. That's really special. My son's actually spent a lot of time at Dornbeckers and received toys from them. And that is a very special moment for those kids. Well, at 27 years old, that could have been a lot of video games or whatever that you want. That could have been. You know, so bless but, his little heart for doing that. But he gave that. all that money back to Dornbeckers. That was just, he had a special place in his heart for them. Yeah. And we've, we've always said, we're not going to dictate what you do with the money. We'll right. do fundraise. We'll give it to you to help you with whatever you need. Mm-hmm. But for him, it wasn't what he needed. He wanted to give back to Dornbeckers. Yeah. Which in turn probably gave back to so many other kids that yeah. you could never even imagine. Yeah. So um, Nolan holds a special place in my heart. He did a Absolutely. great job. You were Batman for the Polar Plunge, weren't you? I was. I thought so. I was. I thought so. <laughs> I resurrected the Batman costume for the Polar Plunge, too. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, so. we are just about out of time, so I want to give a shout-out to our two sponsors on this second half really quick, and that is Five Marketing with Mike for all of your website needs and keeping it, Sarah, simple for all of your dietary needs. So I know we talk a lot about diets on here, so if you guys have any questions, concerns, want to make those changes, not sure if you're ready for the leap or what type of leap, um, Sarah is definitely your go-to for that. So let's keep it, Sarah, simple and five marketing and we will be back next saturday as as the the movement movement continues. continues